Are you looking to create or to sell your high-ticket offer? If so, then this episode is for you. Hi, this is Reem and welcome to a new episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator podcast. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Bill Crane. He is the high-ticket insider, as some people call him. He is a two-coma coach. He's an author, a speaker. He started selling pine cones at five years old, but over the past 43 years, he built a following while impacting the lives of millions of people. Bill is on a mission to create 1,000 millionaire. It was an amazing interview that we had. If you got the chance to listen to our short interview with Bill during the launch of the podcast, then I'm sure that you've seen how amazing he was. And in this episode, he is even more amazing. He's a great person with a, a great sense of humor. And I love talking to him. He has a great insight on um, entrepreneurship and how you can accelerate your business success. And I advise you to follow him and listen to what he says. So, Please let me know what you think so far of this podcast. I truly appreciate your comments and your feedback. So please make sure to subscribe. And because I promise you, there are amazing episodes coming soon. And um, I'm super excited. I cannot wait, but I cannot share anything right now. But please let me know what you think. Make sure to subscribe and to give me a rating and a review. I truly appreciate that. And if you want to, speak with me, get in touch. I am available on all social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I have all the details in the show notes. And uh, if you'd like me to help you accelerate your business success, then please go ahead and check my website, www.reemkharbat.com. That is www.reemkharbat.com. K-H-A-R-B-A-T. One more time. Thank you so much for tuning in. And without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to this interview with Bill Crane. Enjoy. I don't know where you are in life right now or where it is you want to go. But if you are a curious soul like me, I know this about you. You are searching for greatness in life. You desire financial freedom. And you ask yourself daily how you can master success in business without wasting years of your life. On this show, we are going to interview all the leading experts and influencers in the fields of marketing, mindset, and sales to expose all the tips and tricks you need to accelerate your business and amplify your success. My name is Reem Kharbat, and this is The Entrepreneur Accelerator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator. This is your host, Reem Kharbat, and today I'm having back my guest, Bill Crane. Thank you, Bill, for being here again with me in the show. Thank you, Reem. It's going to be amazing. We had so much fun last time. Yes. And I, I just love that your show is the Entrepreneur Accelerator, because what could be more exciting than that? First, you're an entrepreneur, because like, who wants a job, right? Exactly. The job means just over broke in the United States. I don't know what it means everywhere else, but I don't want a nine to five. I want to be able to be my own boss and live life on my own terms. So I can't wait. Awesome. 
Awesome. This is this is the purpose of the show, and this is what we're trying to deliver. This is the message that I'm trying to deliver all over the world. It's not just in the states. Yeah. And um, before we start and deep and everything, can you tell us a little bit more about you? How did you start your entrepreneurship journey? Because I heard some rumors that you were already a little entrepreneur since you were like how much five? Five years old. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I I was kind of. You know, I don't feel like I was born into it because I wasn't like Donald Trump's kid, right? Like, I mean, like I, I grew up like just broke, like a single mom. My my dad left, and and I didn't know it was normal. So, like, like my mom, my first memory of sales was selling pine cones to people at a gas station because really, she, yeah, she she wanted to take my brother and I on a vacation to Florida, and but she had no money. And I didn't even know this at the time, but like later in life, she explained everything to me. And so like she just set off and didn't know how she was going to pay for it. She had like enough money to get down there, but no other money. And so she had for first, she started like begging people for money, like panhandling, like literally just going up to it and asking them for, you know, a dollar, two dollars, whatever. And then she came across this one gas station where they had these, uh, I think it was like in Georgia. So there's like these enormous pine trees mm -hmm. and there was these pine cones all, all over the place. She thought they looked really cool. And so she gathered some up and then she, she said, here, son, you know, take one of these, go over to the person and ask them if they want to buy a pine cone. Oh so, so like, because my mom told me to do it, I just thought it was normal. Right. So I went and did it. And then people gave me some money for a pine cone. And, and then we just did that all the way down to Florida and, and, and then back home. And it, and it worked out. Really good. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. And then after that, it's like, you know, the, the light bulb went off overhead or whatever. And she, she just always had me selling something, whether it was, you know, candy bars door to door. Like, I think she invented mm. the thing. You know, like, I don't know if they do it in every country, but here they, they have kids like when they're in band or Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts go to the door, yeah. you know, and, and sell like candy bars or cookies or whatever. You know, she came home one day from the grocery store with this huge bag of candy. And I was like, all right, <laughs> mom. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, you, those aren't for you. You have to go door to door. And we lived in this big apartment complex, you know, and, and sell those to people and, and, you know, sell them for a dollar. You know, back in the 70s, like a dollar was a lot for a candy bar, you yeah. know, but it was home delivery. So it was worth Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Extra service. <laughs> Five-star <Absolutely>. service. <laughs> yep. So that was my first experience in sales. And uh, because of that, you know, as I got older, I was like always fascinated by, by sales and marketing and advertising. I, and I, I would watch infomercials and my first memories of uh, really getting excited about marketing was I was watching these uh, infomercials about real estate and, and then even like Dean Graziosi, he had one about cars and yeah. then eventually he shifted into real estate. But I was watching this guy, Dave Delgado, and he used to say, if you have no money, no credit, no problem. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know what credit was, but I was like, mom, we can buy a house. <laughs> with, um, with nothing. Absolutely. Because I always had to walk by these beautiful homes on the way to school. And I was wondering, like, how come we don't have that? And I would ask her and she would say, well, you know, we can't afford that. 
So that kind of inspired me to look into the real estate thing. And, and lucky enough, there was this guy by the time I was like 13 years old, all over TV with the infomercials, Dave Delgado. And then it went to Carlton Sheets and Dean Graziosi. And so I was just always fascinated by, by a kid, you know, because I, I knew that like you could get anything you wanted through sales and, and marketing. If you just had a product that someone else wanted, then you kind of just had to get in front of them and yeah. make them an offer. Yeah. So I did not have like the American dream, which is like, uh, you know, having um, going to school and then graduating, getting the highest mark and then getting the best job and getting the highest salary. Because where I come from, uh, my my parents were educators. So it's not just okay. the American dream in America. It's the American dream everywhere, which is like yeah. this is how we were all taught and and raised, knowing that this is the base for, for you being a successful person. You have to get higher grades. You have to be an A student. You have to get a good job, a higher salary, and then you are rich. But then yeah. you realize that this is not true. So uh, where you raised also, like I can see from your journey, that <laughs> you, you did not have this American dream. You have another dream. I didn't do any of that. In fact, the interesting thing about my mom was, you know, she, she, she created this little entrepreneur by sort of forcing me into sales. But at the same time, because of how she was raised, she believed that like she was doomed. Like she was never gonna have anything and she still believes that to this day. So she raised me to believe that I was born from nothing, that I was nothing and I was never gonna be anything. So just like, you're not going to college. So get that out of your head. Just graduate high school, get a job at a factory, stay there your whole life and hopefully you'll get a pension. And so that's like, and, and it's weird that like she made me sell stuff, but it was out of necessity, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't because she was entrepreneurial. It was because we needed the money. Mm -hmm. So like it came from desperation. So there's like a massive difference. It didn't come from what she wanted. It, ca it came from what she didn't want. Yes. So like she didn't want to be evicted from the apartment. Mm -hmm. She she had no desire to be wealthy. She just did not believe that was possible. How did you get over that? Uh, how did you change your money blueprint? How did you change your mindset? Like How did you get out of this? Because well, most of us, we believe what our family, you know, tell us all yeah. the years and we just continue that in, in the same path. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, just totally rebelled against that messaging, that programming. I just never believed it. I always, I just wanted more. And like, as the type of person, like if you told me no, then I was like, oh yeah, you'll see, you know, mm -hmm, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyway. So I was kind of rebel, you know, I got in school, I got in trouble in school because of that. Cause I, I just didn't w take well with authorities. And then like after high school, I did get a job. I got a job at like the local factory and for, for a week. And I was like, no way, like, no, I'm not doing this. I quit that. I went and worked for a builder in, in, because I was real estate. I, I was really, I got into it. Right. You know, but then um, I did that for only a year and a half. And then I realized that like, well, first, first of all, like, you know, I married my high school sweetheart. Then we, we got pregnant. Um, so, so we, we had to get married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I immediately just realized there's no possible way I can support a family with this job mm -hmm. because, you know, I was making like 10 bucks an hour and mm -hmm. I'm like, that's just not going to cut it. 
I want my wife to be able to stay home and take care of the kids. Cause like, you know, I grew up with no father and my mom was always working. So I was like at home by myself, kind of raising myself mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. So, so I knew that I had to be an entrepreneur. So like, because I worked for the builder, I had some construction skills and I just started selling side jobs to like the people whose homes we built. Cause like by, by this time, you know, we had built a couple hundred homes in the subdivision and people wanted like their garage, like more drywall put on the walls and they wanted their basements finished or they wanted new kitchen countertops, whatever the case it was. And uh, I just started talking to all those people, seeing what they wanted and then selling them a job. And eventually I was making a lot more at nights and weekends than I was, you know, working for the builder full time. So I just quit. And wow. I was, uh, I was like 20, 19 or 20 and I, I never looked back. Yeah. So I haven't had a job since then, which is wow. a super long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll not discuss that. <laughs> but this is, this really makes me, it makes me think because looking at most of the successful people in, in, in our generation, most of them, they either dropped out of college or they just didn't go yeah. to school. And this is, fascinating because it's totally against what we've been learning in schools and what everyone is just telling us. And I don't know, is this something that we should really like focus on or just consider? Uh, Because now I'm having a a four-year-old girl and as your mom did, not because I need, but I want her to start feeling that she needs to earn and she needs to learn more about money so I made her sell lemonade and uh, cookies and she was crying because no one there was no one in the streets when she was like uh, crying and selling uh, hey lemonade cookies mommy no one's there you know but <laughs> like I'm I feel that things are changing and yeah. uh, we have even to start teaching our, our kids how to look at things in a different way. It's not just about education. It's not about having money to start a business. So please tell me your point of view in regards to that. Well, my sort of overview, like I believe that in the next 10 years or so, the educational system as we know it will be completely replaced by online learning because it seems like a lot of it is really like people send their kids to schools as a babysitter. Right. Because because usually both parents have to have a job or whatever. So it's kind of a convenient babysitter, but it's also in an indoctrination camp. You know, those schools are indoctrinating our kids to think the way they want them to think. And most of the school system was actually created back in the 1800s by, Mm -hmm. you know, people who ran the world who wanted to create little workers. And it's certainly no different today. So uh, I don't see the universities as a whole uh, surviving long term, but, but there's obviously things you have to have it for. Like, you know, if you want to be a doctor or an attorney or an engineer, you probably need some kind of formal education. But, you know, if, if you just have a skill that you're good at, at the end of the day, everything comes down to sales. And that, I, I think that's why we're like in this mm-hmm. entrepreneurial age, because even if you're a doctor, if you're not a salesman, like, you're never going to be like, you know, the chief, you know, surgeon or whatever in a hospital. Like you've got to sell yourself and everything you do. You know, even if you're an attorney, you get into a courtroom, like you're selling your case. So like, I think that's why 
more and more people are getting into entrepreneurship because you can have so much more success without necessarily going to school. I mean, hey, if you're really passionate about, you know, helping animals, then yeah, you need to go to school and, and be a veterinarian. But like so many people go to school. Like I have friends that have master's degree and, and they're real estate agents. Like, yeah, they could have taken an at-home study course for like $400 and they'd be done. <laughs> Instead of you know? $40,000. Uh... Yeah. And they, and they kind of like went to school for nothing. Like they just yeah. went to get the degree. They didn't have an objective in mind. So like my opinion, like everything that anyone does in life, you have to have your objective in mind. Like what is it that I want to accomplish? You know, so I think too many people go to college, university, whatever you want to call it, without an objective. And, you know, like their objective is the degree, but a degree is a piece of paper. You know, it's, it's worth like this paper towel. It's like worth just as much, right? Totally agree. But how can you, how can, how can a 19 or 17-year-old kid have a, a clear objective? If you see now entrepreneurs who are like in their 30s or 40s and, and they cannot really put their own objectives and they they, yeah. they they have a problem setting clear objectives for them. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is natural how, how a person's wired, but certainly a lot of it is is how they're raised as well. You know, but it's interesting because, you know, like I raised my kids intentionally to be entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and a couple of them are and a couple of them aren't, but yeah. they were raised the same way. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is there. Like, I, I think some of it just comes down to their natural, you know, wiring yeah that some resonated with it and some some said no i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah, so, so true yeah so so true okay going back to your core business so you've been in the real estate for like years and you know lately everybody's talking about you know creating passive income we want to have passive income so that's why they go and create you know digital products courses and yeah all the new hypes of things, uh, new sort of things, you know, when we're talking about like going back to the book, it was the first book that I, that I read and that really changed my perception towards everything, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Robert Kaizaki. And he was talking about real estate yep. and everybody's talking about real estate when it comes to passive income. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. What was, what is it that you were doing in, in, in the real estate? How did you create all that let's say success. And from there you started teaching. Uh, I read that you were, you were saying that this, the real estate system that was taught during the hundred years ago or during a hundred years ago, it was just a broken system and, and people deserve to know something different. So what is the trick? What is the secret? Yeah, that um, you know, like, and I don't know if it's the same way all around the world. I know a lot of countries have this kind of the same type of real estate system as the U S some probably don't, but you know, first of all, like everyone has to live somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so like people like Grant Cardone will say, don't buy a house. It's the worst investment you can ever have. Well, like I honestly believe he's a little self-serving because he would rather you give him $300,000 and invest in his apartment fund, right? Yeah. Then you invest in your own home. I hope that's not the case, but it just feels that way to me because for most people, the only way they're going to ever accumulate any wealth is to invest in their home. Mm -hmm. and, and there's all kinds of tax breaks and advantages to owning a home. And, you know, why invest in, in someone else's real estate before you invest in your own? So, like, I understand what he's saying, 
because it, when you're playing at that level, it, it actually it doesn't make sense to own a property when you're playing at that kind of a level because you can, there's, when you own it in a corporation, there's even more write-offs. But for the average person, they should absolutely own their home because they can own it for a certain amount of time and then sell it tax-free and then keep on moving up to, to another one. And it, there, there's like literally no one who can't become wealthy just by buying a house and selling it and moving into a new one every two or three years. Like, so like if you buy your first home when you're like 18, 19, 20, you know, by the time your retirement age, 60 or 70 or 40, whatever it is, you know, you've done this a bunch of times. And if you've done it right, you know, you could be making a hundred thousand dollars, $200,000. It depends on what part of the world you live yeah. in and in tax free, but like all that's relative too. like, like if someone sells a home in California and makes a $200,000 profit versus, you know, somewhere in the Midwest and they only make 50,000, it's really kind of the same money, right? Because the cost mm -hmm. of living is so much less in the other place. So like, you know, wealth is, is relative as well. So, you know, I always tell people, first and foremost, you, you want to own your home and you want to own it outright. So it, it, as many times as it takes, to, uh, to, I call it flipping, right? But it, it's, not, it's not the flipping where someone flips a house in 30 days or anything. They can take the time, they can live in it, they can take a couple of years and then flip it and then just keep on accumulating that wealth, roll the profit into the next property and you know, keep buying a bigger, better, nicer home. And, and at some point you're, you don't have a mortgage, it's totally paid for. And so, that's how so, you really start to build wealth. So you're, you're advising or you're saying that it's good to start buying the, your first property to live in. So yeah. because most of, yeah, as you said, most of the gurus, they, they preach or they say that do not invest in a property to live in right. and also to use other people's money. To right. in, in, in well, one thing I've noticed about every single guru I've ever looked at is um, there's an ulterior motive, right? And mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. It could be a real estate guy. It could be a digital marketing guy. The vast majority of them, and, and it seems like the, the higher up they are, the more famous they are, the worse, they're, the worse that it is. They don't want you to be independent. They want you to be codependent. So they want you to be constantly training, teaching, coaching for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. never quite figuring out, but just, you know, there's always this new thing coming out that you've got to buy that this new fangled thing and do buy this. And then you'll have the answers. And it's just not true. It just isn't. The Most shiny of them object. Are, it's a shiny object. It's a country club membership. I, I say, you know, like be smart, invest in, in real estate. And if you want to have a country club membership, join the country club where you live. <laughs> so you can go yes. there all the time instead of a couple times a year at, at a conference. You know, in, in, I've certainly spent plenty of money on, on gurus over the years. And almost every time I find out that what they were teaching me was, was really nothing at all. And it was something that I already knew. You know, so like I, I think go, go to training to get the education, to, to get the missing piece. But like staying in there forever just creates a codependent relationship. Yeah. So and, and you didn't have a coach. You know, I, I've hired coaches over the years, but I fired every one of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, you know, at a certain point you find out that you know more than they do, you know, yeah. uh, that they don't really have the answers when you, most coaches today, uh, and certainly not all of them, but, but like most coaches, like they want to get you on a call 
every certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then all, and it's the same in every industry. Okay. So what did you do last week? Did you do all the stuff you were supposed to do last week? Well, no, this got in my way. And I, you know, I had to take little Johnny to the dot and, and then they yell at you and they say, okay, well, you got to promise me you're going to do it next week. And like, that's not coaching. <laughs> all right. That's accountability. And you can get that for free from one of your friends. That's so true. That's <laughs> so true. That, that makes sense. Yeah. But you moved to, after the, you know, having all the success with the real estate and everything, you're, you're helping now entrepreneurs building value in their products and services by selling, you know, high ticket offers. Uh, what do you mean by high ticket? Because most of the people, they don't know or they don't really understand. Yeah, what I mean by high ticket is something really expensive. So like everything that I learned in real estate over thousands of transactions, at some point, like I started helping other people that are not in real estate. And so mm -hmm. like things that were natural to me, they like never heard of before. So like most people, when they stay high ticket, like they mean like a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. You know, like, like Dan Locke is teaching people, he's the high ticket closer, but he's teaching people how to make six figures. And I'm like, what? Like, that's not high ticket. I mean, congratulations to Dan because it's a brilliant business model and, and he's made millions upon millions of dollars teaching that and he's good what he does. But like, I don't consider selling a one or $2,000 product high ticket. You know, like the bare minimum might be 5,000 and then 10, you know, 25, a hundred K, you know, even a million dollars. You know, I get in, I have some corporate clients that sell really, really high ticket stuff. So like helping these digital entrepreneurs sell their program for two, three, four, five thousand, ten thousand dollars is no big deal. So it's really all about amplifying the value of the product, service, the result that someone offers, and then creating so much desire that the people literally beg you to trade mm -hmm. your solution for their money. Like that's all it is. Like, like as soon as you get to the point where your solution has more value to them than their money does, then like instantly their money has no value to them because like they want your thing a lot more than they want their money. Yeah. Because they yeah. can see and, and hopefully you're honest about it, right? That if, if they buy your product or service, they're going to multiply their money. You know, so that's the place where I come from. It's like, I don't want anybody just buying it and putting it on a shelf and never looking at it again. I, I want them to use the tools and the resources Mm -hmm. uh, so that they can really make an impact in the world. Like I'm on a mission to create a thousand new millionaires because I believe that uh, like a billion dollars is cool and all that, but like that's one person, right? But like a thousand people, that's a billion dollar network. There, there's just so that that's like a huge mastermind yes. and it can make, you know, a massive impact on the world. So, uh, you know, that's my uh, sort of long-term goal. That's amazing. But it's not just about real estate. So it's like a mastermind no. for any kind of business, any kind of, you know, whatever the yeah. niche that you're in, you can get yeah. into that any mastermind. Kind of entrepreneur. Yeah, like uh, the real estate, like, yes, it's where I started mm -hmm. uh, on my journey. It's what fascinated me and it's what I spent years and years doing. But like now, over the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've seen that there's all these people in the world that are making all kinds of money, whether it be in a digital space or they're a doctor or whatever. And then they have like a whole bunch of zeros in their bank account, but they have no real assets. And you know, if, if the dollar goes down, then their, their wealth goes down. So it's like, where should people put 
their real estate. And, and if you look at all the billionaires in the world, like the vast majority of them were either created by real estate or after they got their money, they put it into real estate because, you know, just a huge pile of cash at the end of the day, it, it's like a mattress. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. You can pull some cash out of it and buy a car, but it's like, if you're invested in real estate, it just keeps automatically reproducing itself. And there's yeah. a, a lot less risk. Like I've never really believed in the stock market because I think it's too easy, easily manipulated by, you know, basically the people that run the world. Big corporations. Uh, yeah. But like real estate, it, it, it's relatively like simple. It's not so fast up and down. And yeah, some people don't like, you know, being a landlord, but like, you know, get over it. Like, you know, <laughs> there's nothing in life that's perfect. And, and if you have a certain amount of assets in your portfolio, then you can hire a manager. You know, if you don't like yeah. doing it yourself, you know, then, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, you've got to put your money to work for you. So like if you're comfortable putting your money into a casino that someone else is in charge of, then by all means, send your money off to Wall Street. Uh, mm. But, um, you know, I'm not doing that. I like to be able to see it, feel it, touch it, visit it, mm-hmm. know that it's real. So, so I'm a real estate guy as far as uh, investments are concerned. Forever. Um, so, you know, they always say that if, if history repeats itself, then it's coming. They say that there is a financial crisis or a recession that is happening yeah. soon. And, uh, God, I hope so. <laughs> really? I was, just, I was just about to ask you, like, is, there, is this the right time for people to panic or to take advantage of? Take advantage of other people's panic. And, and it sounds dirty, but like, yeah. you know what, if, if you don't do it, like Warren Buffett's going to, mm-hmm. you know, so like, why not you? And it's not your fault if they freak out and sell their stuff on a cheap. Yeah, you're you know, right. And it's not your fault that the market took a crash. That, you know, that's, that's usually the politicians that, that did that. And it's all by design too. You know, all of that's by design to gain yeah. control over people because they want you to panic because then you throw your wealth away. The reason they want you to panic is because wealth equals the ability to be an independent thinker and make your own decisions. And that is what they fear most of all. So that's why they don't want too many wealthy people in the world. So if they freak you out and you, and you quit the game and you leave uh, before you're able to become independent, then that's, that's good for their overall cause. That is awesome. Seriously. Like it's <laughs> also eye opening to, to, to hear it from someone like you. That is really awesome. Bill, last piece of advice for entrepreneurs. If you can give them one tip or a strategy or a trick, whatever you want to call it, something that they can take and, and take immediately and put into action and that will accelerate their success. What would it be? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a few. Like, first and foremost, like the thing that you're most afraid of is probably the thing you should do. The, the story you don't want to tell anyone is probably the short story you should tell. The thing that you're like embarrassed or shut down about, like that's probably the story that everyone else can resonate with as well. But most of all, go after what you want. So like Mm -hmm. if you're getting into business, don't let fear shut you down because, you know, we can all live with a bad decision, but indecision can kill us. You know, we'll get nowhere. So like if you want something, even if you don't know how to do it, just ask because, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the worst they can say is no. Just ask. 
So true. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. It was really interesting talking to you. I'm super happy and super excited. You cannot imagine how happy I am. Guys, if you want to get to know more about Bill and to check, definitely you have to check his uh, latest book, Generating Clients for Life. Go to billcrane.com or to www.twocomacoach.com to check more about Bill's new mission, which is helping 1,000 entrepreneurs. Yeah. I want to create a thousand new millionaires because I think that would be just amazing to have a, a billion dollar network to make positive change yes. and influence on the world. And I had so much fun here. Like if, if anyone goes to twocommacoach.com and puts in the uh, promo code coupon, I can't remember what it says, right? Just put, you could put Reem in there. R-E-E-M, I believe is how you spell it, right? Yes. And then um, I'll set you up with, I, I've got a free membership site that I give out to people that's got some free gifts and trainings. You can get a copy of my book there. Uh, that's like a downloadable version. So it's instant and free. And then I've got some video courses there as well. So if anybody puts that in, you know, then they can get all that stuff, those gifts absolutely for free. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you one more time for being here with me in the show. It was really, really awesome having you here. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you so much, Reem. I look forward See. to Look See you on the other time. side of the world. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, would you please take a minute to rate and review my show? That would mean the world to me. And let me know if you have any questions in mind or something that you're struggling with so I can cover in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out. Let's accelerate your success together. And remember, success is not an accident. Success is a choice. See you next time.